1: Welcome to Beltalota, the officially unofficial podcast for The Expanse on Amazon Prime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season six, episode four, titled Redoubt which I think, I think is the Belter word for all the information that's scrolling by on the screen. Look, look at the readout.
0: <laughs> I have no Belter accent. I thought they said they, they, they read the inner's lies and they doubt them. Ah, you know, that that's like, well. a, yeah. it's their TLDR, too long didn't read, mm-hmm. readout. Um, uh, what'd you what, think of the episode? I, I, I like the episode. Um, I think if people at this point in the season are going to say anything negative about the episode, it's going to be the fact that this is hurtling at a fairly breakneck pace. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it you could and I I don't know, maybe they'll do something crazy in the next two episodes, but also it feels like it's easier to predict what's going to happen next. Like they have a clear because they don't have a traditional 13 or 10 episodes to work with where you can have a couple of red herrings. It's a traditional, you know, uh, show threat, develop countermeasure, show it, you know, like like we have a like a a threat uh, countermeasure and then deployment threat countermeasure deployment. We've seen that with the asteroid attacks and then the Azure Dragon and the assault on it. And now they got the upper hand. And then Marco, but you know, Marco's got protomolecule ships. Uh, So this episode, they, you know, they, they showed the threat. I predict not having seen it, that next, the, 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 the next uh, opening of the next episode is going to be about the Martian fleet. It's going to go storm the gate and they're going to get thrown back by Marco's super ships and the rest of the going and go off. Holy fucking shit. And you know, the countermeasure will be, I don't know, but like. They'll probably develop it by the end of the episode, and the final episode will all about being, uh, you know, that being deployed. So, it it doesn't feel like there is as many like, oh my god, I don't know what they're going to do next because it's the end of the story, and they have to get there, and they've got six hours to do it. So, but I'm like, I was thinking about this this morning. Is like, is that really a problem? Because yes, they're moving fast, but like they're not sacrificing character moments. In fact, they're taking several minutes out of the episode just to listen to country music to mourn the loss of a friend. So it's like, you're yeah, not yeah. getting short It's just, you know, kind of end of series, uh, itis mm-hmm. where it's like, everything has just been set up to knock down and that's it. What, what, what are you thinking about these, <laughs> these first four? Uh, I think that's all mildly interesting. I, I know, uh,
1: <laughs> you know how this, this book ends and how I think the, the series will end at the end of this book. Um,
0: what so, do you think about the the burn rate of the material? I guess that's what we've talked. In other where you've like in some seasons you're like I can't fucking believe yeah. we're seventy five percent of the book and it's only episode three. Uh, I mean I'm starting to feel
1: it, it, the the reality is sinking in that we only have two episodes of this show. Right. Left, period. Um, yeah. Not not of this season. Not not of like oh we're at the halfway point. No man,
0: we're two thirds of the way through the end of this show. So well, we might get more, but that's all. You know
1: yeah and there's still Santa, a lot to Santa do speculation but I, at this point <laughs> I think that it is certainly all doable in the next two episodes it they might they might have to lose a couple of those character beats although I think there's still at least one more to play out um, with Philip I, I think like we've seen a lot of uh, as you said before the podcast when we were talking two steps forward one step back sort of stuff Um with him. And I think that's, that feels real. That feels natural and, and rewarding, but we, we haven't seen the totality of that yet. I think, you know, he keeps like, we talked also about this, this readout title, like what could that mean? And I almost felt like there was an emotional readout from Philip this episode where he is fortifying his position as Marco's son, right. As a, as a belter, as you know, every, every time he, he has these moments of, I think, like humanity where he starts to go, oh, God, I've done a terrible thing and I should be ashamed of it. Then something happens to to get him indignant again. And mm-hmm. and then he goes on these tears of being like a true Belta, you know, and I think that hasn't totally played out. So I'm excited to see how that
0: goes in the final two episodes. Just to be clear, because maybe people don't know, a readout is. uh like a military fortification, but it's always like a temporary or like the idea of it's like been hastily constructed uh, to to retreat <laughs> uh-huh. to a place of defense to like think like a wooden stockade, you know, like a a, a, a a square thing with like like wooden fences and or maybe it's just the earthen works kind of thing. But it, the, the, mm-hmm. the essential thing is it's a temporary place of refuge to kind of regroup and, and, and attack from. And I'm looking and I'm like, is it serious station? Is it like you know? Is it Marco's spin supply depot? Uh, are they going really metaphoric? And it's actually like the redoubt is in all our hearts. Like you know, that the, the Monica is <laughs> sure. trying to build a hastily constructed redoubt that we can all emotionally retreat to to then uh, you know counterattack Marco with like. I, and and I, I like your suggestion, too, that this is like uh, you know, another metaphor internal at the the Marco, like he's and I'm sorry, Marco Philip. He's trying to build up some of his internal defenses. And yeah, and I think what they're doing with Marco is is some of the most interesting stuff to do doing on the show, because like to me, it's very this feels very realistic that you grow up idolizing and being brainwashed by one parent. And then you meet the other and you find out that they're not at all what your other parents said they were and you also have the, yeah. the 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 issue of like your parent you know not living up their their uh, their ideals um but they continue to lie manipulate and and you see the stuff breaking down in real time and the way they're doing it they're not like i i could see a lot of people saying like ah i don't understand why they're giving philip and this fucking new guy some some rando red shirt like all this quality screen time but like because of all this precious screen time but like this is the whole game, man. This is Philip figuring out in real time. Oh, my dad said that series C- are a bunch of well wallas that are fat and and lazy uh, because they just want to serve the inners. And he sees this guy's brother who has a condition, can't go in space, would love to. And also, if he was a regular belter and if he was gung ho and charging into the free Navy, this guy would have died because no one would be there to look forward to. Like all these kind of like. Mm-hmm little tiny lies he sees little tiny tiny cracks and sometimes large cracks in his father's facade um he, he can like you know start to to see something but then you know uh rosencrantz rosenfeld yeah. rosenberg Felt. uh <laughs> rosenfeld comes and and puffs up his head with like you know the only thing that's keeping your dad you know uh puffed up and stay and then he's turning into like a little marco at the end mm-hmm i think that's just like you said it it feels really good you're not gonna i mean i I don't know what um, people are out there thinking that like um you go to a teenager and you tell them their parent that's filled them with their heads full of lies uh you just give them proven factually wrong once and they're gonna be like oh shit yeah totally i'm gonna turn that's not how this stuff works it's like you said two steps forward one step back two steps back one step forward slowly recovering from the mental abuse you've been under um Mm -hmm. and i and if anything this is still taking place far far too quickly but they are (laughs) taking their time in a six episode season to to continue the fine arc they had from season five and that's a good thing right they've had
1: two seasons now to do this so it's it's not oh shit we gotta rush and do this stuff all in six episodes as well as everything else from book six it's they've had time to build it and so it, it feels more natural um yeah, I've I really liked what they're doing there. And then how did you feel? I guess like my biggest question from the previous episode was, how are they going to handle the Holden-Naomi dynamic after Holden essentially threw away their shot at just killing the head of the Free Navy um, to preserve her son's life? How did you feel they did with, with that?
0: I, well... I thought they did fine. I I hate it. I think it Holden is full of shit and he shouldn't have done it. And Naomi said all the things that I thought she should say about it. Um, I will say that when we get to that scene, I want to talk about like where I thought that scene was going and then kind of being disappointed that it didn't turn out that way. Um, Mm -hmm. But but yeah, it's one of those things where it's like I'm like I'm Amos. You know, Cap, I've been turning this around all week since I have seen the episode. And yeah. I want to see I want to see the the angle and I'm not seeing it because the angle is a purely selfish one. I can't. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a human one, though. Right. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. I can't be the one that kills your son because I know that you'll never be able to look at me again the same way. Putting Naomi above the safety of the solar system of all humankind. Right. It's uh-huh. pretty shitty. But like, that's the thing that people do. And it wouldn't surprise me because there's also like a little lost in translation. Like Philip is piecing together what happened from his side and I think he's drawing different conclusions and that might turn the fate of the whole fucking war mm-hmm. Like this is very Lord of the Rings like who, you know like uh, Bilbo uh, and Frodo spared this weird pale twisted hobbit dude that ends up kind of sort of saving them all in the end uh-huh. uh, two very human acts kind of or I guess hobbit acts canceling each other out so they might be going with that but like I just can't as a <laughs> As kind of a uh, what what do you like like a, a pragmatist? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just can't cosign. Well, yeah, you yeah, I can. I mean, I can understand what he did, but Jesus, it's yeah. frustrating. Yeah,
1: no, no, no. Same here. Like, I I get why he did it, and and I think if Holden were to try and justify it to Amos, there'd be some long string of like what you said, some butterfly effect of kindness and love and and peace that that he would try and spin toward like showing love toward a single person is actually what everyone needs to do. And we just need to get, if everyone were on the same page about this, we could make it happen. But like, you're not, you're in a war, right? Like that ship has kind of sailed in it for this particular situation in this moment. You got to do, you got to make the tough decisions and you got to make the sacrifice. And I think, you know, one of the things that that Duarte says to, um, Kara, Kara, um in the beginning kind of carries through to what Holden's doing. he's not willing to make that sacrifice, giving up you know potentially his own relationship with Naomi in order to win this war and then take down the enemy so
0: yeah i I think that the thing is is I think Aime, Holden could have leveled with Amos leveled he could have leveled yeah. with Amos and Amos would understand, but I think at the end he'd be like, well, don't do that again or I'm out. Mm-hmm. because like i am trying hasn't to he already war. said
1: that to holden hasn't he been like you're the guy i look to for my moral
0: compass i mean he did and- say that but i'm saying like that's in absence of holden explaining because like I, I, I holden had an explanation like that scene is uh-huh. a little bit dishonest because he had an explanation the explanation was just purely self-serving and didn't take into consideration literally anyone else's feelings not even naomi's yeah uh So the year I bet you're right, like Amos all but told him, like, you do this one more time and I don't even know why I'm out here fighting. I might as well just go back to find the most comfortable spot in the system that's going to have the lights on the longest and go to the best brothel and spend all my Ross shares on it because fuck, fuck this being out in the void, getting shot at kind of shit. Yeah, I thought he
1: had done that before in the
0: series. Maybe I'm thinking of this moment
1: in the book and remembering Mm -hmm. that as a a previous time that uh amos had said hey i i'm you're my moral compass and if you fuck up i fuck up so don't fuck up or i'm leaving
0: yeah that kind of thing um uh before we go further i just want to like catch you on something i think you called the admiral on laconia duarte uh mm-hmm. is that i thought that's the guy who died in the gate last year this i think this is a new supreme commander <sighs> it of might be i, I th- the book is Duarte. He's
1: doing all of this Laconia shit. So, or maybe
0: I'm I'm also maybe I'm I'm forgetting thought, who Alex's uh, old uh, commander was from last uh, season. So it could be. I, just, no, I, I think you I had right. no idea what this guy's name was, and I wasn't I thought sure. it said Duarte on his uniform, but maybe not. Maybe not. Oh, I thought it said. Oh, because I'm looking at my notes, and I, I thought I wrote it Quarte like with a Q. Oh, Duarte so I, I Cuarte, Admiral Cuarte. We're taking place of Admiral Duarte. <laughs> 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 so you might be right. You might be right. That might have been a false correction. I don't know. I haven't read the swine. I don't know. So it all gets very fuzzy. Um, mm. OK,
1: what do you say we get into the episode?
0: Yeah, um, before we do. I just want to say, like you know, it's like one, uh, just a few more days left in the so-called holiday season before I move on to New Year's. And if you haven't given our "A uh, Very Belt of Christmas" a shot yet, it should be in the podcast feed you're listening to, or should be on this YouTube channel you're watching a video. Uh, and a lot of people have liked it, and uh, I just just just, uh, just want to make sure you get a last chance to get some holiday cheer. Uh, not even cheer. It's, it's a holiday full spectrum emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as seen through Christmas in the Belt in the 24th century uh, Very Belt or Christmas, check it out Alright, let's take a quick break, then let's get to the episode Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise
1: What a wonderful day!
0: It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible We need to go Hang on It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: <laughs> special guest star, mm-hmm. the Admiral with a seeming host of crippling psychological issues. Jim, what'd you think of this fucked up funeral scene?
1: Uh, I, I was just waiting. I was, ta- I was looking at my watch going, man, when does the pet cemetery close? Cause I know <laughs> after I, like, once it gets dark, they shut the gates on that shit. So you need to get out there with that mm-hmm. body kid. Uh, mm-hmm. cause we all knew what was happening, right? I, I don't think oh, there yeah. was any question that we had a pet cemetery situation on our hands after last episode. Here Certainly. we get to see the next step. The next episode, we'll get to see uh-huh. whether or not it works, whether or not it fucks him up and turns him into some crazy hybrid thing. Gives him uh, a
0: permanent dick sucker mouth. You know, sure. like that seems to be the body plan of these. I don't know these. if you could say that about children, but it, uh, I, 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 I do. Hey, love... I'm, not, I'm not a purple frog. They are the the perverts <laughs> here. They're the ones transforming <laughs> pe- things into sex dolls. It's like a very unfortunate <sighs> thing. Um, And uh, I don't condone it. I'll say something uh, taboo taboo have their own agenda. Uh, I'll bring a taboo
1: child statement into the mix. Uh I love uh seeing children doing taboo things like escorting their brother's dead body to the pet cemetery. I think there's something fucked up and unnatural and just wrong about that whole situation. And I love it.
0: Hmm. It is like uh, a little bit Stephen King. Like uh, oh a lot yeah children uh, fucking around with stuff they shouldn't and they're gonna find out. Um, I did I did get a little bit of like uh, the Grimes family dynamic from The Walking Dead. Like who is watching these children? <laughs> like you guys live in a yeah. hab that looks like it's thirty feet round. That's a square, but round. And she's taking like a six wheel medical bed. Out the front door, and the uh-huh. parents are just, you know, you just try, you like, you, I, if my if my child had died in the last forty eight to seventy two hours. I'd be on high alert for everything. Like, I can't believe, yeah, I can't believe this is this is yeah, this is this is Carl running off, uh, you know, uh, for 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 dramatic purpose, uh, all mm-hmm. over again. So I just, not, not a fatal error, but uh, anytime you're straight 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 and close to Grimes storytelling and Walking Dead. Eh, Maybe pull it back a notch. I mean, she's been uh, that the entire uh, sixth season, though, right?
1: Like, I mean, she started this whole thing by being out on her own, playing with true alien plant and animal life. Maybe she gases
0: her parents like she's she's very resourceful. (laughs) She takes things without permission. She goes to the medical thing. She gets a high grade narcotic and she just, you know, aerosols Mm -hmm. it. And that's how she gets that's how she gets her unsupervised time. Um, That's how I would do it. They do. Listen, before we talk, to, because I want to talk about the Admiral a bit, I also yeah. admire, um, all jokes aside, the storytelling of this show has always been tight. Mm-hmm. Like, Kara dashing out in front of the vehicle and almost getting ran over pays off because there's like, I don't know, because I cranked up my sound system. Don't have subtitles, but mm-hmm. I, I want to hear what all the walla walla murmur murmur was going on. And they're talking about like, yeah, apparently this, uh, this kid ran out on a curve of the road and the vehicle flipped over on him. Uh, the driver's being held personally responsible, even though it's an accident. There's people saying, uh, you know, like, it's like, well, what do you think's going to happen to the driver? And they're like, well, what do you think? And he's like, well, it's just an accident. And it's like, you think that matters? There's soldiers talking about forming a firing squad. Just in case you haven't gotten the note on Laconia, it's a very martial, hard nose, you know, uh, can't wear a bracelet commemorating your mother's death, kind of society. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't chilled out since season five. Um, I since thought that they was good.
1: Changed to Admiral Coarte. Uh, Admiral Coarte. He's just, just as hard
0: nosed as, <laughs> as Duarte was. <laughs> was yeah. Um, what do you think about the Admiral? Because he seemed like a whole ba- box of crazy. I, I liked him.
1: I mean, yeah, Yeah. he's got his issues, but I feel like he's trying to, you know, give give this girl a a much needed emotional uh, support moment.
0: So but it was also about I felt like it's as much about getting support for himself as her, like, you know, like her putting his hand like her hand on knee, and being like, "Whoa, what if I fail? You know, yeah, don't give up, Admiral. We (laughs) need you to protect us, like. Yeah. But also, the way she's he's- not
1: taking his advice. He's like talking about sacrifice.
0: Like, you got to make sacrifice, and she's like, "Nah, I don't. I don't want to." Sorry, not going to happen. And, and what? So he's clearly talking about Mars as both a yeah. place and a concept, and like a sense of nationality. Mm-hmm. What does it look like sacrificing Mars, especially when he he's like, ah, you know, we're not just talking colloquially. I'm talking about to make sacred, like to burn up as an offering. I'm wondering if, you know, like, because Mars, like, they got their parliament building exploded, but they've gotten off relatively light compared to Earth. I wonder if there's, a, a you know, some, some new punch is going to come as a reprisal for their uh, maybe hasty attack that they're playing in this episode. Could be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he was getting at. Um, I don't either I don't know why yeah like it may because like I said that you might be right that they're just trying to sell us on this guy being super hyper vigilant and trying to protect everybody and you know has some trauma from from all the experience of seeing Mars fall apart but he read as l- religious nut job to me
1: and yeah it might be a Naomi thing Um, like kind of what Naomi's on about like killing her belter friends is, is a very hard thing to do right that might be a
0: sacrifice like All the Martians who had to die or will have to die. Do you think it ties into Kara, her brother, at all? Like, you know, because he's making some kind of allusion to his sacrifice of, her, you know, making it mean something to her brother's death and making that mean something.
1: Maybe. Maybe. He doesn't seem like as concerned about the death of this child as he is about the larger situation that he's in. So I'm not sure if he's aware enough to do that, but
0: maybe they also might be telling a story of a burgeoning rebellion, because it's clear to me that Kara's parents don't want to be here. They were sent as an advanced scientific scouting team. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to be back on Earth presenting their uh, research materials, but the gate being interdicted has stopped all of that. So there's a lot of people. And there's a a lot of people that feel like these
1: also like, let's not forget that they this faction betrayed Mars and Earth, every inner and went off and did its own thing to help the free Navy. So, like,
0: well, if you look at it correctly, though, Jim, you'll see that the Martians, the the Martians still on Mars are the actual traders betraying the Martian ideal. And this is the true blue (gasps) Martian stock that has split (laughs) off the decayed carcass of their society. Yeah, that's I how mean Duarte like, would spin it, but what does Paris think? What is Paris <laughs> going to
1: think when when you know Kara's parents land and say we're here for our internships? I don't. Well,
0: Paris won't say shit because they took a forty kiloton asteroid right up the Eiffel Tower. I, that's, oh, no, did I they? Know that's I don't. No, I that's I'm oh, just no. making that up. But uh, yeah. No, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's they're they're definitely setting this that like there's been some low grade hostility between like the more research oriented people um and the Laconians who have kind of come and taken over. Um, and it could be that they weren't told that you know they were defecting and all this. They were just ordered. Oh, I don't think so. I, right? I, like, I I think yeah, that was very much a surprise when it's like surprise, we're taking over yeah. and the ring gate shutting and maybe not open ever again. I wonder also, how much news they get there. Um, do they know about the war going on? Do they know they about mentioned that Marco ship? has completely can, uh, shut down communications through the gate. So like okay, Marco so might be know. getting messages, but he is not relaying them to anyone else. Um, so it's it's been zero communication to any of the settlements throughout the, the, the ring system at this point. Gotcha. Um, hmm. No, it's it's interesting to see because i'm like i'm also trying to think of like, like what, what would a rebellion even look like i feel like it'd be swiftly and surely putting down put down by the, the spartan warriors here um also i mentioned that last episode that there was like a ring gate structure surrounding the protomolecule cruiser that they're constructing hmm. I, I got a better look at it and then now it looks like that's a, like a helix there's like a helix of ring gate material that's coiling around the entire assembly wow. uh and i wonder what i uh, yeah i'm just trying to I'm looking for function in this form because yeah. it looks like a potato with a ribbon around it at this point. But is that just like the the
1: shipyard
0: docks? Is that is that like the the gantries yeah. they use to build this thing or what? I don't know. What would the protomolecule because it's all spider webby and organic look like what's yeah. you know, what's the protomolecule have to new build to the it? star dock? Yeah, or they I grow saw them- it <laughs> right yeah and also like because that was something i got that i didn't really appreciate on my first watch through of the series oh first few watch throughs um is the arbor gas the protomolecule was kind of like thrashing around looking for something to do until it dismantled the arbor gas and then a few episodes later launched a vehicle very much in the arbor gas like it's a big saucers kind of like i think it literally yeah. learned how to make a starship from then feeding it the arbor uh hmm. and i wonder like it makes me wonder what they put in as an input for these protomolecule kind of hybrid ships and what they put in as the, or or maybe this is just a custom creation from recorders uh, let's talk about his thing. He comes running in Mm -hmm. screaming, um, at the end a year. Uh, what's he going on about Jim? Uh, I'm not sure exactly, but as far as what he says,
1: something about coordination protocol, returning a coherent reply pattern.
0: See, this to me is bad news because they have hinted for the last two seasons that there is a larger threat that killed off the proto molecule makers and they're all dead for like a bill what a billion years. So any response we're getting at this point, probably not from them, uh, probably mm-hmm. if I'm guessing we'll get, you know, a few episodes left, probably from the, the red fire demon gate things yeah. like it's bad news. Sounds like it's bad news. Like
1: pro uh, anything that Ko Co-
0: Cortazar's doing
1: is probably bad news. I, I don't see him <laughs> as definition. like a benevolent entity, yeah. Uh
0: no, no, he's probably fucking something up. Yeah, anybody 3D printing an alien battle cruiser, probably mm-hmm. you can't you can't trust. Sure. Uh all right, I think that takes care of our Laconian business. Uh let's move back to our system on Siri Station where the station manager uh, that Marco abandoned is whipping her people into an anti-inner frenzy and let me tell you the inners not fans not fans of this rhetoric Jim
1: no no I mean they probably shouldn't be Um, we we find out what the stuff that was vented last time was it was water it was water we were wondering like what what was up with that okay it's water so does that? I assume that reduces the three weeks of time that they have uh, to get support so. to the series station. All these people are dead, right? If all their water tanks are vented, they're dead. They're dead. I don't know if it's
0: all, but yeah, Yeah, and, it might not be all of them. And I'm like, at what point does she turn on Marco? Because like the people are all like pissed off at the inners now, but like they got eyes. They saw the sequence of events. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, maybe they don't believe what the inners are saying as far as their intelligence and and their uh, tracking down of belt, their munition resource and uh, serial numbers and stuff like that. But, like, there's no food, no water. And you got administrators saying, we got, you know, we'll be fine if these people leave. They leave. There's still no food or water. Like, is this turned into a death? I don't. The station manager, I'm not sure. I don't know. She's trying to maintain control and calm because if she loses that, then the blood, the, the, the death toll rises. But it feels like the death toll is going to be close to 100% anyway. I'm not sure what At her game this is. point, yeah. No,
1: I, I'm with you. I don't I don't know exactly what the point of, of calming people is. But
0: maybe Although it's I guess, something to do. It's the only and, thing and she, she can do. So she, She's also building rapport with the, like, you know, she's not turning on. She's still maintaining her cred as a true belter. And maybe that's going to give her a position to pivot towards accepting help from the belt or from the inners because, you know, mm. kind of like an only Nixon can go to China moment. Sure. Uh,
1: like a Fred Johnson uh bridge there. Yeah, yeah.
0: she's trying to be cool in, in both of the uh the inner and the belter's eyes. I I don't know. It's 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 wild. But I, I do like how the show's again building like you know when the administrator said or when when Avasaral is pondering about leaking the information they have about the belter explosive she's like it just be going to be one more lie and long. and the show to its credit has shown us those lies like anderson station mm-hmm. was a bullshit operation to just cow uh a bunch of belters and killed a bunch of men women and children uh innocent and uh unarmed um yeah. you know arrows. like Eros. <laughs> I mean wasn't that wasn't like- Official inners,
1: but it was inners. Come on. But it was
0: inners, it was inners yeah. fucking with them, using them as animals. Um, and they probably still haven't got the full truth about that. Uh there's and like, you know, the the Mars and Earth pointing fingers at each other over the Kant and over like mm-hmm. there's just all this mutual distrust and it, it got at something real that like you know, lying is such a top-tier strategy in dealing mm-hmm. with any any group of people. Uh, right up until they stop believing you and yeah. then it becomes the worst because you can't tell them anything anymore and this just goes to show it's True. like maybe some hard truths and some uh uh sharing and caring 100 years ago we wouldn't be in the situation but mm-hmm. you know like like holden says you're always trying to murder your way out uh you're trying to kill your <laughs> yeah. way towards a better future and um lot of expediency so i I just i just like that it felt real it felt like uh, a politician being like shit we can't do this because it's it's stupid it won't work we got to think of something else
1: Uh, Uh, oh the other details we get in this scene uh that explosion took out the two new martian frigates which i think were those those uh shit what is what is the class
0: they weren't Donager, because those wouldn't be called a frigate. Yeah, those but, weren't frigates.
1: Uh, uh I, I don't know. Um but yeah, got so, so a couple I, other
0: ships too, and they, they were already them, weak. I think Marco is Marco's got a Doniger class, or is he using it? Because I thought they always referred to it as a heavy frigate. So I, like I want to say the Donager class was the one
1: that disintegrated with Duarte. If, really? if in fact he disintegrated. I'm not sure. He would have had like their flagship, and those are those are the big ships that Mars yeah, has,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I the think donagers. it's the, 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 biggest, the biggest class that they particular have. But so mm-hmm. the, the idea is like, you know, these two probably could have equaled uh, Marco's flagship and they just lost it in this, you know, uh, Belter uh, terrorist attack. Yeah. So, and they, they're
1: making a point about how they don't have the military required to get out there and take back like Medina station, for instance. Um, and
0: military is also a terrible way to distribute humanitarian relief. They're not, you know, they like they're oh, not yeah. great at keeping a peace or um, things with, of
1: that nature. Which yeah, I mean, knowing that they're already kind of like stretched thin um, with everything they have to do, it makes it extra insane when the MCRN admirals are considering going this alone with an attack yeah. on Medina Station. It's like. You, the combined fleet, the joint fleet here doesn't have what it needs. You think you're gonna do it with what, no, a they third the of the joint ships fleet? and they got I they mean, got the yeah. I, Mars I, is weaker than Earth's fleet at this point, right? Because it seems foolhardy. Stole half the
0: shit. So And they were they were decommissioning a bunch
1: you're, too? Right. Like it's yeah. No It I, seems insane. Not not just foolhardy, but like it, it, the people pondering
0: this idea are just totally out of
1: their mind to me.
0: Yeah. But um I don't know if you think that uh, sitting here and playing, you know, humanitarian relief aid to the Belters, why Marco entrenches a position that they already sent, spent a lot of time last season convincing us is like, man, once you get in yeah. there, you've got a real stranglehold on the ring gate. Uh, like it, yeah. th- it, it might make a certain kind of sense because if not now, when we get weaker every day, we do have a stealth ship advantage. We can get an element of surprise. We can't. I, I I think it's stupid too, and it. It uh, this this captain I admired so much. I don't like her as a warhawk, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I I I I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see uh what uh, be befalls the the Martian because like I said, I I think it's an easy prediction to make that you're going to see a bunch of badass Martian ships going out through the ring. Stealth ships going to take out a couple of the sentries and stuff, and then right as there it looks like the tide they're winning, then you're going to have these proto molecule cruisers coming out and fucking slicing them up. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what the protomolecule comes up with in terms of an actual weapon of war, mm-hmm. because what we've seen so far from the protomolecule is essentially the equivalent of like a nanomachine bulldozer making an interstate highway uh-huh. <laughs> like Except these weren't intentionally for... lethal machines. You know, these were just yeah. civic works like a bridge, like a bridge coming to life and attacking <laughs> you, you know? So like, what yeah. is a warship going to look like? True. Uh, yeah, I, I don't,
1: I don't know. Their, their weapons could be far beyond our capacity to, to imagine. Um, yeah, but who knows?
0: Uh, moving on to Monica doing a sympathy piece, uh, regarding some slain UN troopers when she runs into some access problems.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My big question coming out of the scene is why would belters care? I don't know. It's, the, the belters, you know, run the gamut, right? They, they're on. There's there's a spectrum of belters out there as far as how sympathetic they are to humanity as a whole, um, and how factionalized they are. Maybe some of them will care. Maybe that's what they're trying to do here with showing earthers
0: uh stories who who are killed in this thing. Killed by belters trying <laughs> to help belters. I I think that like it's percentage game. Like anytime you humanize someone, I think about like going back into my experience with the cold war, like, you know how like American got hyped on like things like our hockey team beating the Russian hockey team. Sure. And how like, what a high we got on nationally when that happened. And I'm like, I I don't remember, but I guarantee that NBC, whoever had the Olympics at the time in 1980 was not doing puff pieces on the Russian players. And like, you know, mm-hmm. look at Sergei. He's, grew up a poor farmer from the Ukraine and all he wanted to do is play hockey and his grandpa taught him on their frozen Lake. And he's like, like, it'd probably be harder to just be like, you know what? Fuck those Russians. Yeah. If they did that kind of like, and that, you know, it's just, it's a small thing like that. Like humanizing people. These aren't faceless. These are people who had hopes and dreams just like you, maybe a little, maybe a little tone deaf talking about them swimming in a sea Uh, yeah, (laughs) for pleasure Uh uh, and sport. Like, Maybe, sure. maybe maybe all not we, play up. we have yeah yeah yeah, the yeah we station. just we just sure. fucking yeah it's all you can't drink it we just fucking swim in it fuck right. it you know uh I, but but yeah i think i think that it's sound you know like uh uh making them appear weak because that's the first mm-hmm. thing you know we are not a killing machine we can be killed and we're, we can be killed even when we're trying to help and i i, I think it's i think it's I would be surprised if it doesn't work to some extent, especially since this is a show that seems to be wanting to push that that perspective. so
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: the Rossi is continuing now that it finished its little skirmish last episode on its way to rejoin the fleet at series. The crew is licking their wounds from the battle damage that they incurred in the last episode uh when Peaches notice something odd in the dud torpedo's flight pilot- telemetry.
1: Oh, this is a scene I have no real notes for uh, because it's going to
0: it's just a setup for other scenes. Um, Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, they're just uh, it's essentially uh, showing that Naomi's still kind of like, I think, working on the, the ring gate problem.
1: Oh, that's part um, of it. Okay. Yeah. She also
0: has. She's got high resolution date. Like like Holden's going through, and the whole ship is like, "God damn, we missed Apella. We're not gonna, you know." Like he's feeling the tension of his decision mm-hmm. and the fact that the crew's kind of not even Naomi's on board with it,
1: and um,
0: the fact that
1: she's sifting through data about the the battle they just fought, in which he did a thing that he doesn't want anybody to know about. And yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of tension here about like, are they going to find out what I did? Which, by the end of the episode, obviously, that's all
0: all cards right. on the table,
1: but uh, it works uh, in the moment, for sure.
0: Uh, I also like Amos and Bobby talking about, uh, you know, in, in the the cargo bay, kind of uh, how pissed they are about, and you know, she's Bobby's pissed off at her armor, and Amos is pissed off at his PDC cannon, and mm-hmm. he's like, you're still pissed off about Tapella And Amos, uh, his, mm-hmm, when she asked him about it, I thought it was really good. And then, you know, they spend a minute listening to one of uh, Alex's old country Western hits. Like, if you remember, I think it's a season three, one early episodes where he was kind of alone in the Rossi uh, yeah. while they were down on Ganymede, kind of losing his mind. This is the song when he was like, I don't know, spraying <laughs> Red Bull in the cabin and slurping it down and do this. This was what was playing. And I, I, I like it. Uh, I do, too. Yeah, it's a and great the
1: story about like that's all he played when they were on the Razorback and like claim that there was no other music. It's yeah, <laughs> the, that's, yeah, yeah. That's
0: really good. It's a little character moment for a dead character, and then singing the song together, just taking the time to do it. It's because again, Alex is Alex died hero. It's mm-hmm. a damn shame about what the other guy did, but uh, I liked it the way that the show is finding a way t- to help us all kind of like get peace with that and give him some of these kind of nice character moments. With him being dead and off screen. Yeah. So, and again, six episodes, you could cut a lot of this shit and they're not doing it. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, then the other amid- thing that I like is when Claire
1: finds out this information, she's like, oh, I look what I discovered here. She's like, this is way above my pay grade. She wants nothing to do with this. Like the situation, the tenuous situation she's in, like being almost a full crew member here, like, mm-hmm she does not want to confront Captain Holden with the fact that she knows what he did. It would just, yeah, that one, like, she doesn't think it would go well for her.
0: Well, it's, it's that, but there's also an element that she, uh, she um, goes into more detail further in the episode where, cause she's like, it's this way above my pay grade. And also I'm not judging and I'm not, I don't think she's, that's as the tactic. I think that she's really had some come to Jesus moments about violence and death and, and choosing oh, yeah, that over sure. life. Um, and I think that all ties again, it's very economical because this, this thing's fucking burning at 15 G's, but mm-hmm. they are not really skimping on the character moments. They just, they're no. just like incidental and you have to catch them in, in passing kind of like <laughs> catching up to Marco's spin depot. Um, oh, God. speaking of Marco, he's on deck of the Pella, just raging. Uh, still smarting over his humiliating defeat, he's issuing orders for executions for senior uh, uh, crew members of the other ships. And Philip begins his new job after being demoted from the bridge as junior repair technician.
1: Yeah, Marco's on full tilt here. Like he, he's just, he's rattled. He's rattled by Holden. Holden gave him that look through the the camera, and Marco's just like, God, I, I don't know if I can beat this guy now. Yeah.
0: Really, really has got the him mentally dominated and and Mm -hmm. Marco is so fragile and so kind of fraught and rudderless that he doesn't even realize the. The viewpoint that he's letting the crew get themselves exposed to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, film brings it up, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, she doesn't bring up to him. She brings it up to uh, uh, the, the Philip. Because mm-hmm. Philip goes to get his new orders from this guy. I thought that was great that this this guy's kind of like, you know, where the fuck you've been? He realizes it's Philip Anaros and suddenly he goes uh-huh. into, like, you know, toady mode. And <laughs> Philip's like, I don't know the fuck I'm doing. You're going to have to be the boss of me. And, like, what kind of, yeah. like, a weird situation that must be for this guy. Uh-huh. But, yeah. Renfield puts all this on this little, I, I don't like. I can't remember if he's supposed to be 16 or 18. But putting a lot on this kid's shoulder. Like, hey, you're responsible yeah. for your grown-ass father's emotional stability and if he's not stable we all gonna die so see to that kid <laughs> yeah i just philip's not very good at that either i i don't know well his father doesn't take him serious and i think mm-hmm. that's one of the problems but also it's just uh and well, then that, she's, that's man, like part of the support
1: right like there, there's an element of like because be, because marco I don't I don't know Marco likes kind of not taking Philip seriously, likes being Oh yeah. You know, the one in charge here, that power dynamic, that that like competency dynamic, he kind of gets off on that. So uh-huh. that is part of like what Philip does to support him is just be there to get shit on sometimes. Yeah. So like Yeah. Yeah, that's a
0: rough position for Philip to be in, for sure. And uh, this Renfair lady she's <laughs> uh you know mm-hmm. got kind of gives the opposite equal thing that marco does where instead of like building him up and then tear, or tearing him down and building him up she like waits for him to like try to flex his ego on her like you know i why should i listen to you i just shoot you in the face what do you think my father do and she just echoes back what he yep. did when he did a you know like when he shot his
1: friend in the face
0: mm-hmm. yeah like you just going to keep you know and it, just really blowing him up on his bullshit it's interesting it's interesting as one to you know daddy stepmommy kind of dynamic that he got here going uh, yeah and then the third
1: kind of aspect of that is the guy who is his boss now but realizes hey this is the the leader of the free navy's kid and I can't really order him around but I need to order him around there's a weird mix
0: there too which I liked yeah uh, but what what whatever you you think about this uh this this blonde lady with a fierce neck tattoo, she is damn good at shutting down Inaro's bullshit all mm-hmm. day every day. Yeah, she's just shutting it down like a PDC cannon for their bullshit. Uh, out on the hull of the Rasananti, Amos is forced to confront Holden about him pulling their punches while they repair a uh, PDC. I I like this scene a lot. Um
1: mostly because it ends the way it does i think that's a great line from amos um where he says are you not gonna are you pissing me for asking or are you pissed because you don't have an explanation to give uh and and it ends right there because it has to right like the what is the next step here amos is gonna attack him he's gonna like kick him into space what and they're <laughs> yeah. over that they're over yeah, that. yeah. that's not the relationship but like there there's there's a tension there right there's like a course correction that amos sort of puts holden back on because he forces holden to confront the fact that he did this purely for personal reasons
0: and and this was
1: in fact a mistake
0: And I don't know if it's intentional, but like the way Amos brought this up, I thought was a masterclass in having a difficult conversation because always have a torch in your hand. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Whenever you're going
1: into a potential confrontation, always have a torch.
0: Yeah, you have you have a certain moral authority over someone when you have (laughs) an industrial weapon that you Uh can wield against them. Um, But him saying, like, do you want me to lock you out of fire control? It's not an accusation. Uh It's not a uh, it's not a it's not a fishing expedition. It's a statement of like, I know what you did. It was bad. And here's something we could do to fix it. And we don't have to talk about it. Just I'll lock you out of fire control. You can still be the captain. And then we won't you won't be tempted to do this bullshit anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it's and it it, it has completely caught Holden with no room to maneuver because all of his like defensive bullshit in the face of Amos just stating like, hey, I, I'm not making accusations. I'm not casting judgment. I'm just telling you how I feel about the situation and what it makes out me. Ma- and yeah, and it, and it led up to like you said, Amos having the Are you mad because I'm asking? Or are you mad because you don't even know? Um, or you're uh, embarrassed such, to tell us? Yeah, it's such an Amos way to approach this, right? It's matter of fact. It's it's
1: devoid of most of the emotion. Yeah, it feels right for that character.
0: Meanwhile, back on the Pella. Or I guess outside the Pella, Philip is getting a lesson on hull repair from this. I didn't catch this guy's name. Uh, uh, this fucking new guy, the FNG, I'm going to call him. Yeah. Uh, maybe le- learns a thing or two about the types of belters that live on places like Sirius station. And mm-hmm. as we've mentioned previously, it seems to contradict a whole lot of what his father said about them being greedy and weak.
1: Yeah. I, I think he's bonding with real belters. Um, He's, he's understanding, you know, what makes them tick and not just getting a, I talked about, you know, Marco's no true belter uh, stuff last episode, and I feel like that is what he's been feeding to Philip for his entire life. Um, And so now getting to, like, sit down with them and really talk to them, he's seeing that they're not actually anything like what his father says, um, or at least not all of them are. Yeah. The other thing I really like about this scene is Philip taking pleasure in repairing something instead of destroying something and that is I I think emotionally that is where they're trying to take Philip
0: yeah and and it also is uh, you know the pine cone didn't fall far from the tree like you know uh, Naomi had a, an intuitive aptitude and grasp of engineering and starship repair and things like that and it seems like that Philip you know that we, we saw him you know I think we he was field stripping some piece of equipment when we first got our first substantive introduction to him uh there's been signs that he is kinda Naomi's kid after all, like Marco's nope. had a really far head start, but he just can't quite outrun uh that that the spark that he got from his mother and i i I think number one that's bullshit i don't <laughs> I don't think you get genetic goodness from somebody but mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a fiction to and it, it's working on that kind of metaphoric level you know mm-hmm. um I also think you're right one hundred percent right on about this no true belter like the belter has a distinct culture and it's a culture of like, you know, taking care of one another, making sure everyone is, you know, being looked after, um, uh, inclusiveness and Marco shit sounds good because you can start pairing away. Well, we don't care about this station because they're a bunch of well-wallow. well wallow. Oh, we don't care about this station because, you know, they're too afraid to lift their hand against inners. But, mm-hmm. and what, you know, and you you start like I think you even said last episode that like what Marco thinks of a belter is the people that are on the pella and maybe just Marco and Philip and maybe <laughs> Push comes a shove. Just
1: Marco, yeah.
0: Just fucking Marco. And I think right. this is Philip realizing that like holy shit, not even on the pella amongst our gallant crew mm-hmm. uh you know, like I, I can I can find the, the defeater for my dad's argument just here in his rando guy. And, right. and the other thing is like so what if his brother was big and strong and gone on through the belt? This guy would have been dead or on a prison barge. Mm-hmm. So like there's always costs to these things. If you if you go to choose to make war, what are you, you know, choosing not to do? This goes back to Eisenhower's famous Iron Cross speech he gave on his farewell address to like, you know, like every every bomber we build is a high ah. school that didn't get built. Every right. uh a- every battalion of tanks is 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 a hundred miles of interstate highway that doesn't connect our cities. Like he just listed off like the cost. And it's like, you know, if we don't watch, we'll, he he's like, it's uh, I forget he said, but it's like the, the total sum of these expenditures is essentially an iron cross that all of humanity hangs from. And Philip is kind of like learning that like these, yeah. What, what are we sacrificing for focusing on these other things? And it's great. Yeah. I, I thought this, these are great. These are great scenes. They're economical and they're building on everything we know about the setting and these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on back to Rasananti, Holden has to come clean to Naomi about why he spared Marco and the Pella, and she's not happy about the position it's putting herself in. Uh, I, had a, I had a good time with Naomi catching this coffee. I feel like this
1: shows just how comfortable she is on ships, right? Like, there's... They do a lot of visual stuff with belters, but this, to me, strikes as, like, totally belter she knows exactly she can almost tell by the rumble of the engine how much acceleration they're going to put on and then how fast that cup's going to fall and where she needs to grab she doesn't even look at it it's
0: I don't know little stuff like that is really cool to me in this it, world it, it reminds me of I saw this video of a cook cooking in like a container ship that was going through like 60 foot waves oh yeah under siege I saw that too <laughs> <laughs> yeah that documentary yeah uh-huh. um but this guy was just like in in like when you see it um you know just shot from the camera's perspective it looks like this guy just is lurching from station to station then they showed they went back and rewound the scene and image stabilized it uh-huh. so you see like just what his body is doing to stay like upright and like just how instinctive it is like yeah, you know he's just yeah. kind of rolling and this is naomi like in one's one smooth motion. As soon as gravity comes on, she's just ready to grab that coffee bulb out of the sky. It's, and it's, it's great. It's a seamless, uh seamless effect. It is. Yeah. I loved it. Uh,
1: and then the scene, you know, gets, I think better from there. I think better. Um, it's a confrontation that needed to happen. And we were all kind of wondering last episode, what could, what could possibly be a reasonable excuse from Holden to Naomi about this because Naomi doesn't want Holden to protect her, let alone need it. Uh, I feel like everybody came out of this, like making their case. And I didn't feel like anybody was necessarily in the wrong. They just all had their own reasons for doing the things they did. I don't agree with all of them. I don't agree with Holden disabling this forehead at all, but he had his reason. And I think it is a valid one to him.
0: So and I it's right. It. I think he's one. I think that him killing yeah. Marco oh, God. or God. that's and, the end of their relationship.
1: It. it kills that relationship, too.
0: Yeah. 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 And, it, and, it, and it, maybe not it. right away. No, sure. But like, yeah, you'd have to be a very strong person to, you know, like, like they talk about that's one of the things that kills relationships, the death of a child. Mm-hmm. well if your mate is the one who killed the child then like gets even more so like I think but yeah, like, like in Breaking Bad the the counselor right uh, that dude ended up like backing over his child yeah or something. Yeah, yeah yeah and, and, and the him relationship everything. died yeah so sure sure so like I think he's right it's just like so so here's the thing I actually really like this scene and I was getting excited because I'm like holy shit what what should happen here is Holden should give command to Naomi and I'm like, I thought, because like, yeah. you know, they've always made a case that she's a pretty good second officer. And, you know, maybe she was a little bit more sen- uh, sentimental about belters. And maybe she was a bit like at this point, she was ready. She was ready to see her son die. I kind of thought that, like, what he'd be doing is like, you know what? I'll be your EXO, which would return to the theme of like him, you know, like like his proper place and him not wanting to be the leader from the and like turning full circle. Naomi's ready for command. And she. Like it's the perfect way. It's like, well, if, if Philip yeah. dies, it'll be under your hand. Yeah, I was support, but I'm, I was, I was your support and steady rock. I wasn't the aggressor. I thought it was the perfect way, and I, I was getting really excited, and then it didn't happen. I was mm-hmm. like, oh well, fuck. Because now it's just well, huh. Holden's selfish and wrong, and uh-huh. the homie is strong yeah. and right. But they're still gonna have the weak. You know, like like Marco. Uh, say what you will. He is eliminating the weak links or the perceived weak links in his rank. Uh, I just don't know, cause like. Holden, what's he just going to going to do the thing next time? Because I, I don't think the math he changed. Pro-
1: that's what he promises in the book. I, I don't know. I won't say anything about how it turns out, but like. Yeah, I, I, and he doesn't promise it here, right? Like I don't. He doesn't make any promises. He's not like, oh, next time I'll do it or next time I'll give you fire control or something. It's just kind of like I did this thing. Here's why I did it. I don't like that you did that thing. Yeah, I don't need you to protect me, all that stuff. And then they leave it there. So I didn't feel like anything got resolved in this that's scene other thing. than all
0: the cards are now on the table. They understand how each other feels about it. I, I agree hundred percent. I thought that's why it felt a little unsatisfying to me is I yeah. thought it was building to something that would, you know, synthesize all the information. Now all the cards are on the table, what is the best hand? And instead it's just like, well, we'll just play him the same way next time and hopefully Holden will uh, call instead of fold, I guess. Yeah, no, you need Amos to walk in at the end of that scene and be like, so we're taking you off fire control, right? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, sure. I don't know, because again, I, I think Holden's right. Like, I don't see how Naomi overlooks or forgives this and and he's not ready. You know, it's, it's such a contrast between the certainty, almost the psychopathic or pathological certainty of the Martian Admiral Quarte. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. and, and hold what ready to sacrifice entire worlds to see his will done and Holden who can't yeah. even sacrifice a relationship with the, uh, with the woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, uh, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the, if, if this mercy uh, overcoming his wrath ends up being a big plot point later on in the season. Uh, back on the Pella. Philip's new repair mentor pulls an explosive prank on him while they continue repairing the stricken vessel.
1: Yeah, and they see that it was it was disarmed, right? And there's more information about this later uh, in another quick scene. But yeah, it was disarmed. They think it's a fail safe, but, you know. I, 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 and I wonder what Marco will think of this. Is is Marco even going to give a shit enough to... to
0: start to process the fact that Holden spared him I don't think this information gets to Marco I think Marco think stops so? with like Mar- Marco Anaros is blessed I don't need that that's you, you come through right it's it's Philip that continues gotcha. to work through what this means oh for in, sure in his mind, so. he's, he's gonna deal with that and we get to a scene here in a second of it
1: but yeah. yeah
0: I wasn't sure like what the joke was like did this guy know like did he see the warhead disarmed LED and was just fucking with uh-huh. Philip because like Philip was thinking that this <laughs> might go off, you know? I'm, <laughs> Yeah, he knew. he you got a live
1: fish, dude. It's a nuke. You're, uh... yeah, this is in Jurassic Park where, uh, where Grant is climbing the electric <laughs> fence or he goes up to it and he's like, yeah,
0: and the kids are like, ah, uh, yeah. all right, we, we, we got a big scene to get to, but, uh, let's take a quick break, uh, before we get to it. All right, we rejoined the action as drummer and Walker are floating in deep space, preparing to lead a joint assault strike on one of Marco's supply depots. Before they meet stiffer resistance than they expected, the raid proves costly, with one crew member dead and drummer's right-hand man, Joseph, losing his... Uh, well, he loses his right arm. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that thing's done. Uh, An arm and a life is the cost of this operation. What's What's the harder slam moment in this...
1: Scene is it when the crate slams down on his arm for the second time, yeah. or is it when they grapple onto the the spinning the revolving station and smash wow. onto the surface? That I, looked painful. They yeah. looked it looked lethal. Is what it yeah. looked to me. I I don't they they made them go too hard on this. The station was spinning too fast. I think they were so. too far away. They're too much
0: too much you know what let's talk about this because like it, 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 one thing about the screeners is like you know we're watching these things in isolation i can't just like go to a thread to see you know like if there's an astrophysicist opining about the velocities and stuff um wh- how do you dock with so so this this uh supply depot is two massive balls of cargo containing shipped attached with a strawberry very must be an immensely strong tether and then spinning mm-hmm. and i i think i think i've read somewhere that you will want to spin stabilize almost everything in space because you get like gyroscopic stabilization along at least one axis for free when you do that mm-hmm. and it's easier to station keep when you just have to worry about two-dimensional position keeping rather than three-dimensional so like i understand why he takes the time to spin it up plus also if you're going to have crew people standing there it's always better to have gravity than not because we're supposed to you know, or biology is dependent on it. Mm -hmm. But damn, how do you dock with this fucking thing? Like, I'm trying to think of like how you get into a straight line acceleration on the inside of it to where you can dock and take advantage. Like it, it seems insane. Like I, do do you think the station slows down uh, and, and, and goes kind of on the float and then they dock and then it speeds back up because yeah, I don't see how anything docks with this. It seems insane. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Normally when you see something spinning, you'll have a central, uh point of of like docking right like you can yeah. go to the center of this thing yes it'll be spinning but you can spin your ship at the same rate
0: yeah. and dock with it this you can't because you'll be changing direction orders things like Tycho that have those giant arms that kind of look violent like snatch the ships out like you kind of roughly yeah. match speed and then it's yeah. automatic arms is coming snatch you um, I, yeah, I, I, when I saw how hard they hit, I'm like, damn, how do you even, how, how is this supposed to work? Cause obviously they're, right. they're attacking it when it's, uh, maybe it's another reason to spin it up. It makes it harder to to assault in that way. But, no, you uh, can slow it.
1: You can slow it for sure. Um, I
0: think so. And if you're, you're going to visit, you could probably fill it, you know, it's, uh, it's tanks back up with more spin juice if it needs. So I'll tell you the way to not dock with it is to fire a
1: grapple, uh, at it and then slam onto its surface at. Yeah, I, I would try to, I don't to, know.
0: To, to match at straight line speed. And I think it's like, I think like if you had a grappling system, maybe you could cushion a blow a little bit with that too, you know, to where, uh, but, but yeah, I, it, it, it spools out more at big, you know, instead of just like, Oh, I'm hard tethered crunk. I, it, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it seems like you'd take injuries if nothing else for sure Uh, and then the next
1: line is just like them totally normal talking through their helmets their their helmet mics so they've not had any problem smashing down And but the second smash was brutal as well that crate coming down on his arm again I laughed out loud because of how
0: I don't know hardcore this was yeah it's uh and I'm like once they got the thing off And, like, she got the... I'm like, why don't you just pull him out, man? But I guess, like, he was still smashed a little bit further back. Maybe. I I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, like, uh, some brutal field amputations. (laughs) Uh, Probably
1: the most brutal thing we've seen since
0: uh, season one, when the the medic, was it, got his head shot off? Well, the belter who shot the gate the first time. I think that's the goriest thing I've ever seen on this show. yeah it's hard to actually see but yes you're right what's funny is like me and jack watched that when we were watching through we watched it back and i was rewinding and like trying to i'm like i happened to pause at a moment where his face and eyeballs were detaching and they modeled a surprising amount of this young man disintegrating if you want to frame by frame it in 4k Uh, But, yeah, they so, like, so there's there's a lot of stuff here because, you know, as Marco's Depot, it, you, you might have all the time in the world, but they engineered a situation where there's people on board, like wider people on board. They realize mm-hmm. they see that they're working on a manifest or getting ready for a pickup. That means there is an unknown, you know, you can't just fuck around all the time out here. Uh, so it gives it a little bit of urgency. And then turns out, you know, there's people there and they're they're booby trapping things. Uh I I like it. And again, I like, you know, I'm a big Master and Commander fan. I I like a good field amputation scene. Uh, Man, that arm, that grizzled stump. I'm telling you. I don't know where they sawed like a Cornish hen in half and shoved it down this guy's sleeve or what, but it was authentically biologically gory. uh, Really gross. You know, the other thing I realized in the scene is because they've, like, Michio's been kind of, like, the butt of everything this season. Like, she's the one that fucks up under pressure. She's the one that can't hit the button, right? She's the one. But she gets this nice moment where, like, as a medic, she knows exactly what to do. And everybody else is doing the wrong thing and, like, losing their mind and, like, being squeamish. And she's the one that is in charge and doing and and saving lives. And just kind of goes to show, like, yeah, maybe her forte is not, like, death and destruction and combat but mm-hmm. look at her in a life saving role like it's it's interesting yeah. and then they they don't make a big deal out of it it's just there to notice like she does have a core competency and it's it's very strong it's just not in the death dealing department
1: yeah no they're really leaning into the you know reaching for violence stuff that they're they're talking about with Holden a few seasons ago uh, and bring back up in this episode it's kind of all over this this episode.
0: Yeah. Uh back on board the Rosananti, Bobby just cannot believe the run of luck, the millions of one odds that went against them in that last battle. And uh Peaches uh stays behind in the galley to level with Holden about her thoughts on taking versus sparing life that she's accumulated in these last few seasons. So what do you think about the idea that he shouldn't tell Bobby anything.
1: And the rest of the crew knows he's not going to tell Bobby.
0: I think, in general, people that you care about, you should be 100% honest. Um, but this is also a military situation where, like, you this one of the very few situations, like crises and military things like that, where, like, you know, you have immediate life and death at hand are some of the few things where you can with a straight face say like, hey, we can't be open and honest with the public. We have to keep secret. Some things we have to like, I don't know, because Bobby is dealing with her own shit and I don't Mm -hmm. know what she thinks about this. Yeah, Bobby has
1: a a rage boner here for Uh like killing belters at the moment. And I feel like she might just break Holden in half if he tells her what he did.
0: Yeah, she might bone tomahawk him. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I because I, that's what my thought is. Like, yeah, I don't like it, but like also, uh, it's 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 it'd it be touch and go with her, um, for sure.
1: And they don't have like the relationship that you know her and Alex
0: had. She's not in her, the crew,
1: right? She she's uh, in the crew with some of the crew, but yeah. you know, like Amos, for instance, right? The, the, those two are getting along swimmingly, but like.
0: Holden doesn't really talk to Bobby much, at least lately. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I I wondered that myself, like what kind of repercussions that will have um, with, if this gets out to Bobby or because, yeah, she's clearly the one that's most pissed. You know, she's always been the most gung-ho. You know, she is the one that's like, fuck it, we tried <laughs> space <'em." laughs> Uh, And she just clearly can't like, you know, like all it's, it's it must be uniquely frustrating because she's so well trained got such a handle on the technology yeah. uh she's got such a great military mind and like every single time she goes into official action it's a clusterfuck like she's yeah. fed to a protomolecule beast for a uh, commercial essentially or <sighs> whole squad uh-huh. uh she 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 goes against billion billion to one odds to not kill marco it must be really frustrating Especially yeah. when you pull off Suit like
1: malfunction yeah. shit like that, yeah.
0: especially with all the crazy shit they did do all the 180 no scopes all with the railgun, uh-huh. like everything. Yeah. And then the one thing, like she said, I was like, what was it? A billion billion to one odds? It's yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't think there's enough time left to start a big rift between Bobby and the other factions I, of the ship. So
1: right, that's the only like saving grace here is I don't think they have the time
0: because it, 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 it might it's be one narrative. of those situations
1: like where you fucker you everybody knows here except for me huh when were you gonna tell yeah. me
0: yeah, yeah it might be a narrative economy because they, like they know that like if you told her you would have to give a scene where she would go and like can you believe like and like and they like i just we just don't have time for five minutes of bobby coming to grips and like is it so like you know what just keep her in the dark There's only two more hours to get through she just won't find out yeah, we 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 tore down the, the gym
1: set. We can't have her go back there in the last two episodes. So. <laughs> right, she can't pump iron. Yeah,
0: we repurposed that for the reactor or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the uh, Peaches and his... Uh... Oh my God, this is...
1: There's this look when Claire's like, you want to know the time, uh, like the exact moment that I realized I didn't want to kill you? And there is this look from Holden That says, okay, it's going to be one of those days. It's going to be one of those conversation kind of Mm -hmm, days, huh? -hmm. Uh, It's so good.
0: It's so good. I love, absolutely love what he does in this scene. What I love about it, and again, I don't know if you get this unless you've just watched the whole series over, but as soon as she opened her mouth and said, do you want to know the moment? I knew because they do this beautifully in season three, uh, completely non-verbally showing the scene of Holden and, and Naomi talking and her realizing what a good guy James Holden is and making that snap decision on the bridge to like alter the calculus. Like yeah, they never, this is never explicitly told, but like, I think it says something that I knew immediately what she was going for just by watching the show Mm -hmm. and watching everyone's performances and how it was direct. So like kudos to the, the, like they, they, they really, are doing a great job in this, you know, fast but nostalgic season of making those callbacks and and we get it because the show's so good. Yeah, totally. Uh, I also really
1: like the line especially coming from Claire to where she says to Holden, "Don't ever feel bad about not killing someone." Um, you know, with everything she's been through and how her life was so fucked up by wanting to kill someone and then realizing she couldn't kill that person and Like everything good that's come from her not killing Holden right I mean he's done he's done a lot of good stuff here after the fact so I I don't know I I really like that line and I think it's kind of what Holden needs to hear at this point
0: yeah someone who like like yeah cuz because this thing is like you know I I guess I didn't make the case but he did make the case this one person changed her whole affect and has now become a valuable yeah. ally um and did her part to save the whole solar system based on uh-huh. the deserved his stuff his, yeah. his passion and uh-huh. his willingness to self-sacrifice yeah so you know you did make a difference yeah you changed you
1: changed the hearts and minds of people by not reaching for violence—it's exactly what you were trying
0: to do. It's and it makes you wonder what the effect of the last punch that he's pulled is going to have, even though it's a horseshoe uh-huh. decision that you should never make in a rational world, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, sometimes it's the 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 things you like. The you know, it's, it goes back to the captain that I like so much of the Martian fleet. Her not doing, her not doing the thing that yeah. she should have done as a good soldier saved the system. There, it's like time and time again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've had that in real life like I don't know how many like instances I've read of like you know the Soviets getting a r- alert that we launched missiles at them and the person just be like what the fuck it's the middle of the night we haven't had like we haven't been beefing like no I'm not pushing a button get the fuck out of here like people like stopping and, and choosing to do something other than killing people like time and time again change alters the course of history and I think we're going to see the course of fake history being altered here
1: yeah they've really been leaning into that right. I mean the prax thing too, where they're talking about like it, it takes good people um that's what it always takes. Bobby says that right it's it It's the person doing the thing that they probably shouldn't do in the situation but is morally the right yeah. thing to do.
0: Can we talk about the peaches sodium intake? I feel like she's a prime candidate to have one of those still shots of her face with blood trickling out of her nose. You know, she's, she's, she's prime oh, candidate for stroking. being Alex.
1: Oh no. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah the I blood didn't even pressure. think about that. Do you think, you think he someone got- that, that that takes a half a cup of salt with their, their, with their belt or <laughs> kibble is, is going to take a 14 G burn? <laughs> Fuck no. Yeah,
1: actually, I never thought about it that way. You would want the lowest blood pressure possible if you're you, like a soldier, I would right? Think.
0: I mean, you don't want to go for zero.
1: No, that's... go for zero. Go for zero because you can't get there. It's unattainable. And and yeah. if, if you do get too low, they can just put you under acceleration, right? Like, let's just keep I, a ship. Let's yeah. put you in that spin station, spin a little bit faster. You're good.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, I want to see, see what the UN Surgeon General says about it because I don't know if those facts no, so- check out. But this is an enormous amount of salt. I don't know. Like, are, like, well, are they this just, is a
1: callback to last episode where Bobby was having trouble even gagging this shit down. Right. Like,
0: Oh, it's another, like this food's so terrible that like, yes, just, she I mean, likes it that way because it's the only way it's edible. Yeah. That's, uh, speaking of the, the old, the uh, age of sale, Royal Marine day, like, mm. uh, what, what, when you c you, you always come across the idea that like, uh, the so, uh, old sailors were drunk all the time because mm-hmm. they mixed alcohol with their water and lime juice. So they didn't get scurvy. And they also, it would, it, it would, it would, it would, it would uh, sterilize the shit that was growing in the water. Sure. Uh, and two, the everything they ate was salty as fuck to keep it preserved over long transatlantic and Pacific. So like, it's kind of interesting that like they were, we're going back. Like if they, if they start serving grog rations, and eating hardtack, then, yeah, we're just doing age of sales shit in space. Yeah. Uh, back on board, or I guess this is the series station, on, on uh, Avasaral's flagship, Monica previews her latest sympathy segment, this time centering a narrative around a fat, lazy cat named Lucky Earther, which, if 20th century belter politics or anything like 21st century Twitter politics, oh. cat posting might very well turn the tide of public uh, opinion. We'll also, do it for each
1: other, but for a cute cat, <laughs> fuck, yes, we will. Sure. Also much like him, I'm just tired of all the hate. That, that feels so relevant right now, like, Jesus, come on. Come on,. Yeah. Are,
0: what the are, hell are we, we doing? all? Uh,
1: on on this station of Earth together or not?
0: Uh we're not there yet. We're, at, we're no, not done're not, we're not done We're not done with the hate. We're not not, the, not nearly done. Uh, pe- people pe- and that, that's, the, that's the real problem. People are born fresh uh with their hate ga- fate gauges completely unfilled every day. So sure. even if you could get everybody on, like there's gonna be more assholes born uh re- ready to, to beat those hate boners. So it yeah, it's 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 one of those things it's like, you know, like this is a pretty trite point that like any time in any conflict, if you pause for a moment, and you ask people on the sides, like, Jesus, are you tired of the death? Are you tired almost everyone's like, Yes, of course. Oh my god, this is mm-hmm. terrible. But like Ask the question of like what you're willing to sacrifice, what point in negotiation are you willing to concede to in? And then it's, uh, it's a much harder uh, question. Sure. But uh, yeah, uh, if, if you can get the sides, the, the, especially when you're trying to unite them against a greater threat, um, I, think, I think you got a, a, a much greater shot. And if you can get these belters to understand Marco is a traitor and a coward. And if there's only some strong spokesperson in the belt that can like call him out on that shit. And humiliate him publicly and crack his facade of invincibility. Maybe a, a belter that defies him. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you would have something here. Mm. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll get to that. What did you think of Monica's point about weakness? That you gotta you gotta uh, let yourself be weak uh, to humanize yourself and to humanize your opponent.
1: Uh, I took this more as. Uh, when she says like someone somebody needs to hear that, she's saying Avasarala needs to hear it.
0: Uh, well, it she, goes both ways.
1: Yeah, because yeah, she's, she's just uh, it's denying some of the obvious facts as well. But I don't
0: know. Because that's the thing they've also told is like, you know, maybe Avasarala has clarity of purpose but those Martians seem pretty hell-bent on killing people. Some of those UN soldiers are, are you know, like, why are we here? You know, I thought we were supposed to come here to kill them. Like, you do need to have because you know, yeah, you got this crisis on series, but you also have the crisis on Earth. Like you got to continue building yep. these bridges both ways. And Monica is the the voice of reason in the room. Who saw that coming? <laughs>
1: Remember how annoying she was in season yeah. three? What boy, the camera fingers guy. I didn't. Yeah, mm, yeah. Um, didn't think I'd come around on her
0: uh, at all, but eventually, yeah, I did. And it's not just the words the the the, and the fat cat. It's also the footage of Belters pulling you know UN troops out of wreckage UN troops pull, pull, pulling Martians and mm-hmm. Martians helping but be- like everyone like they, they and they're they're crafty in the way they, they shot these scenes like I think every faction helped every other faction out you know nice. all the combinations of rock paper scissors are represented and uh, that's that's probably effective sympathy package we'll see we'll see if the sympathy bomb uh, what kind of what kind of positive damage it can do uh Speaking of a strong spokesman for the the rest of the belt uh, drummer publicly shames and declares personal war on Marco and before utterly despoiling one of his uh, depots. Uh, Yeah.
1: Is she going to surely she's going to take these supplies and give them back to series,
0: right? It's the only way that series survives at this point. In my opinion, I I saw that they they follow one of the ends of the tether flying off and it's accompanied by a ship. Uh-huh. I'm guessing that this ship is going to come like that. They they plot a trajectory that's going to bring them close to series. And uh-huh. like this thing is going to come in right as things are getting really bad. and It's a perfect solution. It's not the inner saving them. Right. It's the Belters saving themselves. But it's not Marco's Belters. It's not saving Marco. Them. It's yeah, the Belters it's... calling Marco out for his bullshit right. and saying, I am the one that's actually going to help. And. Belters helping Belters. Yeah. The inners are going to support. It's it's actually shaking up really beautifully. (laughs) This is kind of
1: exactly what Avasarala needs. Yeah. And she needs a She had nothing to do with it, which I kind of like, too. It it feels like earlier seasons where things happen that are sort of out of control of the people who need those things to happen. Yeah. Or, or, you know, just coincidences turn into game changing events. Uh, It's yeah, I like that stuff.
0: I was wondering if you could maybe spoil something from the books. Uh, I noticed that Michio had slapped a back to tank on uh, Joseph's arm. Oh, yeah. And it's like there was like some kind of tint. Like, are they? I didn't think that they'd be well healed enough to regrow an arm. Maybe this is something they stole from Marco's Depot. like a Martian regrowth tech. But like proto molecule uh, back to tank. I, no, I, 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 I said, do you know anything it, about it, the no, regrow? I OK, like I, uh, I, I was wondering about that. Um. Also, um. I. This is an in, got to be an intentional nod to George Martin, if not the Double D's. But uh, drummer says, you know, you've sent you uh, come after me, but yet I'm still unbent, unbroken, unbowed. These are the house mm-hmm. words of House Martell. If you've watched Game of Thrones, uh, you know, Prince Ober. This, yeah, this 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 harkens back to that. It's a deliberate reference. It's got to be. It's got to be Gotta a be. tip of the. It might be uh. I don't know if it's a respectful tip of the cap. It might be like, hey, look at us uh, finishing our series in style. <laughs> we finished a book series, and we're getting two of the trilogies out. Boom, you know?
1: I uh, mean,
0: uh, Martin could say, well, at least I finished a show. <laughs> and didn't get well, canceled uh, twice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, mean, I I don't yeah. think it's very good yeah, shot, I mean. if it is a shot, but <laughs> sure we're throwing stones and glass uh, have yeah. enclosures yeah yeah maybe maybe right. but it's, it's probably uh, it's probably more friendly I uh, think so yeah they, they worked with with Martin in some capacity well, yeah weren't they like didn't the they day? get their start as like editors or, or uh, of some of his stuff so like uh-huh. this might be just like not even about the double D's and the fucking HBO show but just like a yeah. nod back to the old man himself I think so I think it's friendly uh meanwhile marco pours over ship designs why rosenfeld gives him a dose of the cold hard truth for which he expects a rich reward governorship of medina station after the war has been won
1: yeah control of of the choke point of the universe at that at that point uh yeah no that's a, that's a pretty big ask i, I don't know I I can't really say much. I can't say much about this. It's all mildly interesting to me.
0: She's very ambitious. She sees a mm-hmm. gap because, you know, uh, Coral is dead. Uh, Sin is dead. Marco is sulking around below decks, repair, doing minor, you know, doing maintenance work. Uh, no one is left to check him and Marco's not one to be checked, but he needs it. So she steps up and does it. And just when, you know, he's in smack or down mode, she goes and asks for like the biggest, uh, jewel in the solar system. Uh, she's, you know, the ovaries on the, on this lady. Uh, well, I I like how she
1: appeals to his ego here, right? Like, um, she does something to defy him, and she spins it to yeah, say that this is actually it. going to make you a bigger hero than you were before. To these people, I've I, I've just helped you, you know, boost your image, and that's what exactly what he wants. It's the only thing he cares about.
0: Yeah, she puts herself in a spin and fires all PDC cannons, just <laughs> shooting down this bullshit.
1: But she's she's really you're right. She she's great at controlling him and manipulating. She, him.
0: It, and controlling him by by puffing him up and and also like you know uh defying him strategically it's uh she's doing a really good job and there's yeah these scenes are just dripping with sexual tension i which i don't get because i don't like what i, I mean marco, marco is right marco's a yeah marco goes around a, a lot sexy of sexy man yeah sure. he's got uh, it. but I, like where's this going like i don't i don't know i i, I I thought they were going to like, but I always thought that from because like, okay, we got this super sexualized belter second in command. You got the super sexualized supreme commander of the free Navy. Uh, You know, Marco's always looking like a treat. Like, yeah, they're probably there's a sexual tension project, but like they're not. So like, I wonder why they injected mm-hmm. sexual tension in the first place. Doesn't seem like it's going to pay off. Seems a little borderline yeah. unprofesh, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that's part of her appeal. Um, so is there anything else? Oh, I, I guess yeah. That she's like also she saved him from himself because you know he's doing this dramatic raging out, and she defied his uh, orders to spare the captain of the Granica, um, and and uh, but they do space the the commander of the uh, uh, Loba. Um, yeah,
1: that, that's the other thing about Rosenfeld. I feel like she's actually running the. She, she's, I mean, she's running the war. She's running. The belter faction that is, you know, allied with the the free navy at this point because she is manipulating Marco and she needs Marco in a way. Right. Like Marco's image is not just self-serving for him. It's also something she's using as a tool to control the rest of the belt. So, yeah, I feel like she's the one in actual power. Um, she's the power behind the throne sort of thing. Um, and, and they're doing a really good job of showing that. And, and not necessarily like telling me that like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, have aspirations to run this thing. She's just kind of doing it.
0: There's also, I think, um, I, it's just last year I watched the Dan Carlin's Hardcore History on the War in the Pacific. And I think that this campaign is uh, on the belt is m- most closely relates to the island hopping campaign that you're, you know, the allies are trying mm-hmm. to. Secure each individual base for staging for more operations, and they're they're trying to uh, you know uh, frustrate that, including the attack on the mainland that was hoping to pin them down. Like there's a lot of, yeah. and one of the things that like uh, didn't help to the the Imperial Japan losing the war is that when their commanding officers would lose a battle, even when it was against overwhelming odds, and uh, there was really nothing they could do better, like it was seen as routine that they would commit suicide or, mm. you know, be disgraced otherwise. And, like, even brilliant commanders are going to lose every once in a while. And if you take your yeah. best and brightest and you kill them av- after every defeat, you eventually get your second best and brightest, your third best and brightest, your inexperienced, your, you know, people are willing to tell <laughs> bullshit and bravado. So, like, I wonder yeah. if they're telling that a little bit, too, that Marco is, you know, burning, you know, you know the, the, the his his military candle at both ends. You know, not only are they incurring losses because they're against a, a larger supplied, better organized foe, mm-hmm. but also when he gets them into trouble and they can't shoot their way out of he blames everybody else and now you got oh, yeah second in command uh, taking it into battle next time. So, I don't know, it might be a little interesting historical uh, parallel. Uh, then Philip sees Drummer's message along with the rest of the Pella's crew in the mess hall and he's forced to improvise a Marco-esque rallying speech to keep morale strong.
1: Has Philip convinced himself actually that he's at a point of no return? Because essentially that's what he's saying in this or is this all bluster and and
0: it's trying to make good on what Rosenfeld told him earlier and all that. It's tough because I. There's two things happening here. Number one, uh, the fucking new guy comes up and is like, you'll never believe it looks like uh, we know we looked at the telemetry of this torpedo and it looks like it was disabled intentionally. Who would do that? And of course. You know, he sees it as like some kind of miracle, but you can see the wheel spinning. Philip, it's like I know exactly the type of person that would do that, and it's my mom. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know, like I, I think he was just close, uh, you know, like like being uh, handed first hand evidence is his father's full of shit about serious people and they shouldn't have been abandoned. They're full of genuine beltas, belter, real belter loda, mm-hmm. and the fact that like you know, uh that his hated adversary spared him in the way that his father would never, never. Yeah. I thought he was right on there, but the, the unfortunately he mm-hmm. found the intoxicating effect of narcissistic supply that like, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to give a dad speech and you can tell like, like that's, that's the, that's, that's the medication that's going to make all the pain go away as everybody looking to you for strength and support. And you're the one providing it. Like, I, I think he's gotten high off that supply and, we've he we had one step forward two steps back yeah i i don't know where this kid's gonna land i i think uh i i think narratively it's cleaner if if he ends up uh and i we i think we said this at the start of season five like this is shaping up to where like i don't know that you can ever forgive a guy like philip um for all the sins he's committed but a heroic sacrifice at the end like a darth vader turning on the emperor situation seems like it's the way to go. And with two episodes left, like I, there's one more time for a one step back. Uh, and maybe it's even him synthesizing. If I, if I put the big forehead take on this, like, uh, he's synthesizing what Rosen, Rosenfeld is saying and what his father said. And like, and he's like, ah, I need to get my dad's in, in back of my dad's inner circle so that I can better betray him. Like, is there any of that going on in the wheels? I don't think so. I think he's just sees his dad weak and a way for him to get back in his good graces. And he's still processing what he's learned about the torpedo, but maybe he's that smart. Uh,
1: I won't say what I was disappointed by, but I remember being profoundly disappointed with the way that Philip's storyline concludes in book six. Oh, no. I haven't read beyond that. I don't. I don't know if there's more going on there. Oh, no. But I I was profoundly (laughs) disappointed is all I can really say without giving away too much. Uh, Okay. I hope they go a different direction. I hope they do something definitive and narratively satisfying like you're talking about as opposed to just sort of doing what they did in the book, which
0: maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this happened earlier, but I remember being disappointed. Hmm. That's uh mildly interesting all around. Um, Camina's, uh, the drummer speech. Holy shit. Uh, uh yeah. I want to see it,
1: the full, the full thing here, right? We got a yeah. teaser of it earlier yeah. on in the less. It's a it's, message. It's, it's a, a dis so nice. Bit.
0: It's a disc so nice. They play it twice. Uh, uh, uh-huh. You know, and and, then getting to the unbroken, unbowed, unbent thing, it's like, you know, you stole from your own, you abandoned Sears to the inner, you called yourself champion and then ran, so go ahead, raise your bounties, hunt me, Mm -hmm. kill me if you can, but know that you will always be, I will always be the one who took back what you stole, live shamed, die empty, Uh. Kamina Drummer did this to you, (laughs) like, it, it is yeah like I love walkers like uh, so much for anonymity like you yeah, like this is right. and, and it, it all stemmed from her having this really thoughtful look at Michio and uh, uh, Joseph like
1: mm, you know she's yeah. seeing
0: her and like I, I I, this is like it feels like it's a place coming from love of belters yes and these are the people. genuine for. outrage at what a perversion of their religion culture that mm-hmm. Marco represents like yeah inner suck and we should never forget that, but this is not the way. You yeah. know, this is the opposite of the way. I, I It's, yeah, Belters for Belters. Yeah, it's great.
1: Uh, and the, the actor playing drummer, I can't remember her name at the moment, uh,
0: is Kara Yes, Kara. Is it Gee or G? I, I don't even know. I, oh, shit. Uh, I famously mispronounced things. So probably G. I thought I it was G. G. G.
1: Um, but, but she's fantastic in this. Uh she she always like it's such a weird dynamic. Uh her her as an actor, her as a person, the the actor, and then this character feels so different. She's such a good oh, actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um but man, she brings that that authority and that that self-righteous or not, not even self-righteous, that just righteous righteous, anger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just straight up righteous. Um I loved it. I love the scene. I love this speech.
0: Um you know, they announced this last week where this will be a couple of weeks back in, in real time. Uh, we got time deletion. We were fucking out, fucking out in the outer planets. Uh, yeah. But, but they announced that there's going to be a telltale uh, video mm-hmm. game and it looks like it stars drummer. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to play bad guy drummer. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what that looks like. Cause that's kind of how she starts off. Like, uh-huh. you know, catch a, catch a person dealing drugs on your station space. Him. Like yeah. <laughs> she's, she's a fucking pirate. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing that game. Uh mm-hmm. me too. So yeah, uh and then uh, we've already talked about Philip. Uh I think we're ready to to let people go. Of course, this will be the last time this is the last episode we kind of record in the darkness uh mm-hmm. in the void. Uh we will be back net uh uh in, in just a couple of days uh next week with a feedback episode that we're gonna be considering feedback from episode three and four. Uh send in email to beltalota at baldmove.com if you'd like to be considered for that. Uh, and then we will be doing uh, the final two episodes pretty much in pace with you guys. Uh, we'll uh, have the episode out right as the episode drops around 7 p.m. Eastern midnight GMT on Thursday. Uh, and then we will have the the uh, the, the feedback episode out afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it'll be fun to do. we finally caught back up with you and uh, we'll be burning hard towards the, the penultimate and finale episode of the season yeah holy shit seriously. still yeah yeah we're we wouldn't even be halfway through a traditional season and yeah. we're two thirds it's 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 crazy so uh, but yeah we'll have discussion of that and the latest episodes from the the little uh, x-ray mini series we'll be having discussion of that uh, on our feedback episode coming out this next Tuesday belt the load at ballmove dot com if you'd like to get us your thoughts uh, we will see you next week and consider them. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later.